This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. How are you, Shane? I'm fantastic. I am energized. I am ready to roll. This is a great new year. We're starting out in a great way. And I think that we need to figure out how to make the independent agency world the perfect world. Now, we already know that you think this is the best business out there. And it is absolutely 100%. Best on the planet. Best business model on the planet. I 100% agree with that. But that does not mean that we are perfect. Right. So let's start with what is the one thing that is a commonly held belief within the independent agency world that you passionately disagree with? It's so difficult to pick just one. So I'm going to say it this way, inside and outside. So this outside the industry thing that I've disagreed with but just over and over again is that the agency system in general is dying, that it's dead, that it's going to go away. And people like McKinsey and Company and big consulting firms and big think tanks have talked about our demise for multiple decades. And so that's a really frustrating one. But really, I think what your question is really centered on is how do we make it better? And so it's more of an internal thing. And I think it's this idea and we get so many people that come in from other distribution channels. And so I think it's this idea that the best way to be successful in the independent agency system is to try to be all things to all people because we're independent. This independent nature that is a natural nonconformist mindset, I think creates some problems. I think it's a strength, but I think it's a huge weakness of ours. It's one of those things that's like, okay, if we could just find some standards and some best practices and some things that would help us be efficient and choice, that for me takes us down this really, really successful path. I'll tell you the one that I disagree with that I hear all the time. If I'm listening to other insurance podcasters or just reading things online about our industry, that may be another one of mine is people that don't know anything about our industry should not be writing articles online. But one of the big ones for me is that you can't be successful as an independent agent unless you're selling big commercial. Eileen because of the nature of our organization at Integra and because of my background, I am very pro personal lines and I am very bullish to personal lines. Whereas so much of the marketplace is about big commercial, big commercial, big commercial. And I agree with you that it's crazy to me that that's the only success path that you tend to hear about. I have nothing against it. I am fine with it. That's great if it's your thing. I think personally, you can be really, really good at small commercial. I think there's a place for that. And I think you can be really, really great at personal lines if you do it correctly. That's where my, you can be all things to all people frustration comes from. In personal lines, you need to find efficiency with the choice model. And the same would go and apply to small commercial. That's the missing piece there that creates this reason that we have nothing but, at least from a podcast 
or article writing standpoint, we have nothing but this large commercial push inside the industry. In the world of the independent agency system, if there is one thing that you wish everyone would stop doing, what is it? I wish everyone would stop trying to get another market, another carrier. I wish you would pick your portfolio. I wish you would pick your partners. I wish that you would think about this efficiency thing and do business with carriers that are going to be stable, that are going to be efficient, that you're not just out there writing policies, that you actually have an intentional plan around a carrier portfolio, around a portfolio of strategic partners and vendors that you got some sanity back because you're not chasing your tail. And I think we chase our tail because we don't put enough parameters around us because we're independent. We don't have to put parameters around us. We are an independent agent. We can do whatever we want. That is a true statement. But there is a profitability issue. There is a sanity issue. There is a personal life worry or not worry that comes to play here that you can be stronger if you will put some parameters around yourself so that you're not just out there doing whatever comes at you, doing whatever feels right. There's just some discipline missing. And I think that's a big piece for it. I know of several agents that would respond to that by saying, well, I'm not doing a good job as an independent agent if I am not always finding the best price. I'm not always looking for the best coverage. And it takes 20 or 30 or 40 carriers for me to do my job, for me to find the absolute best deal for my client. And that's why I can't limit myself to... 10, 12, or 15. I watched a video the other day. It was spot on here. There is so much more to be gained by having a stable, consistent customer experience, fantastic customer experience, and having a servicing model that today is actually going against the grain because service is taking a hit. We're fresh off the Southwest debacle. You don't have to be in this race to the bottom on price. I mean, where are you going? Are you going to free? What's your intention here? People will pay if they are getting great service, if they're having a great customer experience, then you don't have to do that. That would be my argument back is, well, are you doing them a great service by constantly chasing the price downward? Or are you creating an environment of profitability for your agency that allows you to reinvest. I'm not talking about just putting money back in your pocket. I'm talking about reinvesting in your staff, paying your staff, being able to have happy people internally turns into happy people externally. You've got this constant race to the bottom that agents struggle with that kind of goes back to the first problem, which is why do you need all that? What are you chasing at this point? You have the customer, provide them a great experience. Your job is not to quote, but your job is not to give them a rate. CSRs, account managers out there that are stuck in this rut, your job is not to take payments. That is not your job. Your worth is to be a risk manager. Your worth is to be an advisor. And so all of these things come into play. I call it this race to zero pricing. Okay, are we just going to give it away for free? Is that the idea? And free doesn't work. 
our economy right now, this whole challenge that we're having with inflation, and I even think this hard market that we're dealing with is a result of this race to the bottom. I was in this video podcasting marathon watching, listening thing over the Christmas holidays, and I heard another one, and the point was this interest rate thing. All of a sudden, we have this new generation of people or people who have forgotten the last cycle that we're a part of it, and we were like, the economy is going to be miraculously fixed over this next interest rate swing. No! That's not the way it works. The world is not about interest rates. That's not what makes everything go. And it gets the media attention. It gets the wrong attention, actually. And that's, again, what I love about our industry. What I love about our business is we can't afford to get caught up in quarterly or monthly interest rate cycles or inflationary cycles. We have to stay the course in what happened to us while we ended up in this environment over the last year and a half, two years, is because we sit on our tail. We didn't keep up with the pace of inflation. We stopped. We let the pandemic cancel authority out there change our whole dynamic. We were afraid of getting canceled, so we started giving money back. You know, well, people aren't driving. Let's give them money back. Well, you know what? Things are going to change. And now we're behind the eight ball. It's this idea that everything is comes down to this one thing and nothing comes down to one thing. It's several things. It's like a soup. It's all thrown in there and it all makes it work. And so I think that's 100% right that this isn't about an interest rate. So two weeks ago, I got my check from Safeco for my claims-free discount. And I love the marketing behind that because it really does give you this nice little warm fuzzy when you get like this check for, you know, $107 or however much it was. And as a marketer and knowing that's what you're doing and you're actually just sending me my money back and in real life, you could just drop my payments and not make me pay you this money so you can make the investment profit off of that. But it's a nice little warm and fuzzy, right? I mean, I I got it right before Christmas. It was like my extra little money. But it hit me that even as a marketer, I fall for this marketing scheme when I get this check twice a year. Yeah, it feels good, right? I've gone through this. It's annual. You know, I've been in this cycle over the last few years of trying to be better and intentional about our pay structure. And it's the same thing. It doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be some, you feel it as a marketer, you understand it because it just feels good Look at here. Here's 50 bucks. And you would think that they just wrote you a million dollar check. But that is completely different than I think we'll abandon all stability of loss cost increasing and inflationary measures and money supply. I think we'll just forget all that and just, you know what? Here's some money back. That's the most ridiculous thing that our industry has gotten caught up in over the last forever, it almost feels as bad in a way as subprime lending felt in the 2000s. You knew that all these loans that people were making to people who could not afford to pay the bill was eventually going to collapse. You just knew it. Anybody inside the industry knew it. Everybody saw it coming. And it's the same thing. You knew when they made this move that they were going to get it back and somebody was going to pay the pain in order for that to happen. And the pain did what it normally does. It went all the way down to the agent frontline people and said, sorry about that 30% rate increase this year. Good luck. 
<laughs> and so now that's where we are and that's where we've been. That's something that just drives me insane is why do we get caught up in that? And I know it's probably the marketing side. I know it's the growth side. I just think slow and steady wins the race here. And I don't know why we can't get that through our brains in the industry. I'll tell you one of the things that I'm concerned with, and maybe this is one of those leftovers from the subprime lending era that our country went through, and that's people who have variable rate mortgages. And I think people just had no idea that when they were making these decisions, either they didn't understand the concept of the variable rate mortgage, or they had no idea that it could swing this far. And I think what we're going to see in the next six to nine months when it comes to that is going to be devastating for a number of people within our population in our country. Our founding fathers were extremely young. The original Continental Congress, they were like 18. 20, 21. I think the oldest was like 33. These were young men that had this incredible idea that formed the foundation of our country and that the American experiment, so it's been called. So I am very much about bringing young people into our industry. I think we need them, etc. The old guy statement is, though, that you find yourself repeating yourself because you have a whole new audience. And so I think this adjustable rate mortgage thing is you have a group of buyers, first-time homeowners and home buyers who've never seen an interest rate change that didn't go down. So when you're sitting there and you're trying to decide 30-year mortgage or a five-year adjustable rate mortgage, and that adjustable rate mortgage is a point and a half lower, and you're going, oh, well, why not? It's not like interest rates have ever changed. And then if they didn't get good counsel, then you're sitting there and you're going, this is like the hurricane that you know is coming that you can't do anything about. It's a real concern. And I think you're right to point that out. So why did people take those mortgages out? Because they've never seen it change. They just made a gamble that it was going to stay the same, that the way it was, was always going to be. That's the thing that probably gets us in trouble is we just assume this is the way it's always going to be. And they're going to pay for this and they're going to make this mistake. And I promise you, they won't make it a second time. Going back to the idea of creating the perfect world for our industry, what is the top thing that you think everyone should start doing? Depending on what you're doing, right? So let me qualify this answer a little bit. If you are large commercial, then I get the marketplace for your commercial carriers is going to be different. But if you are small business and personal lines oriented, you need to take a hard look at your portfolio. And look, that's going to sound absolutely crazy because we're in a hard market. We are still in the hard market. There are carriers restricting their writings depending on where you're at geographically. If you're in California, bless your heart. If you're on the coast of Texas, Louisiana, Florida, bless your heart. I get it. I want to quantify this a little bit and say, I understand that there are certain geographic areas whose carrier portfolios are going to be larger than others. But there is this reality that I think we must ask the efficiency question. I've done the study. We have over a hundred and some odd partner agents in our group. Within that group, and we are predominantly personal lines, small commercial, 92% of the book of business that goes across the top 20, 25 agents 
in our group is written within eight to 10 carriers on the property and casualty side of things. Okay. Eight to 10 carriers. So this idea of 50 carriers, this idea of I need another carrier to be successful, we have to have a gut check here. Because if we look at our portfolios and we think about this and we start really diving into the efficiency game and we say, okay, does that carrier policy download, commission statement download, do they pay their claims? Are they easy to do business with? You run them through this cycle and then say, okay, if we did business with this group of carriers that's driving 92% of our business, where is the other 8% being placed? And what would happen if we took that 8% and we moved it in to the other 92% and how much of that business would we actually lose? My guess would be less than 2%. And what would we gain out of that whole process so that we would be more efficient, more profitable, and I would gamble and bet that my growth does not slow down. This is the time to do that because there is a disrupted marketplace. My statement here is it's a time to look at this because you have so many things going on and your people are so tired and you're tired. This is that one thing that I think would take us down this path. That's a great concept. I love it. So tell us how do we do that kind of from a granular perspective? How do we make that happen? We got to stop the bleeding. So number one, take your producers, take your new business people and narrow down what they can do. Your servicing side, your customer experience side is going to have a hard time plugging the efficiency leak if your new business side, if your production side doesn't change their ways because the servicing side can scoop all the water out of the boat that they want. But if the producers are throwing more water in the boat, then the servicing side is just spinning their wheels. So the first thing you have to do is you have to say, okay, how do we stop this bleeding? And that goes with some really hard conversations and really, really difficult training environments with our salespeople. If the salespeople are driving your boat without any guidance, then you're headed for a shipwreck, so to speak, because they're going to sell and their job is to sell and they're always going to want a better price. That's natural. I want a better price. Everybody wants a better price. Let's just know that that's a given, but you have to be able to explain that to your salespeople and take them down this path of this is the portfolio that I am going to allow you to use as a producer. And I think as agency owners, that makes us really nervous. We don't want to lose producers. We don't want to upset our production staff, but we also can't have the tail wagging the dog. We are the owner. You're the one that needs to drive vision and direction. And I think we struggle with that, but we have to find a way to stop this bleeding and we've got to do it on the front side. From there, once you do that, well then annual reviews and remarkets into the correct portfolio as it is possible. It'll take you two or three renewal cycles to accomplish this, but it can be done. You can get to a better place. And I'll use a very simple one that we did about a year and a half ago now, and it is around monoline personal auto. We have offices in small rural areas of Eastern Texas, and we get a lot of 
customers that either rent or don't insure their property, or maybe they own a manufactured home and their manufactured home insurance is with the dealership. There's so many different scenarios that create this monoline personal auto environment. Well, we made a decision that we were going to pick one single carrier to write monoline personal auto into. And if that customer comes to us, that prospect comes to us and says, I need an auto quote. Okay. Um, do you have anything else to ensure? No, just my auto. Just need an auto quote. We go to that one carrier. We run a rate, take it or leave it. It's a two minute process for us on our sales side. If there's no other opportunity, that's what they get. And what happened is the big fear was, oh my gosh, we're going to lose opportunities. But really what happened is that segment is now growing. We had a little bit of initial shock of not writing as much business, but that segment of our book, that monoline auto segment has not shrunk. It's actually growing. And we put that book of business into what we call a reactionary servicing environment. It doesn't have an assigned account manager. We're not overly concerned about customer experience because the customer experience is with the carrier that had this efficiency model already in place for it. We don't have to worry about whether claims are going to get paid. We don't have to worry about billing. It's easy. And that immediately, almost instantaneously took our account management servicing group and elevated their ability to spend time with package accounts. It changed the dynamic completely. It made our production staff start working on multi-line accounts up front. And it just took this big ball and chain, so to speak, off of us. And we started growing. And this was an 18-month process that we immediately happened with us. That was an efficiency play. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. We didn't know what to do. But we had a million four in premium in monoline personal auto. And we now have like a million five. So it didn't shrink. We lost some customers, but our premium grew. Our revenue grew. We're in better shape because of this move. And I hugely advocate for this. I've been through this idea of limiting carriers or changing the way that you sell and what you can sell from both a producer side and from a leadership side. I think one of the things that you have to kind of mentally prepare for when you're making changes like this is that there's going to be pushback from your team. And if you're a solopreneur, there may even be the idea of pushback from yourself. But I've been there and I've been the person that went in and said, okay, we're not going to sell X, Y, and Z anymore. Or we're going to move focus to selling these products, even to the point of changing commission structures to make sure that salespeople are incentivized to make sure they're selling the way I want them to sell or the way that it is more profitable for the business to sell. And you're going to get pushback on it. And so it's one of those things to be prepared because nobody likes change. Nobody can see your evolutionary vision the first time you present it or even the fifth time that you present it. So this is one of those things as a business owner that I think you have to prepare yourself for because it sounds easy and it makes sense on paper. But then when you try to share that with your people or 
even try to implement it yourself, it is so easy to say, this is too much work. Let's just go back to doing it the way we've always done it. It's really hard when you are the person in front of the customer or on the phone with the customer. I get the innate nature to service, do things to the nth degree, so to speak. And it's who we are. We want to retain our independent agency nature is what makes us great, but it also is one of our biggest obstacles that makes us inefficient at times. One of the things that was really hard for me when we had this discussion was listening to that producing side of things, hearing them, and then having the difficult response of challenging them. Well, have you ever tried this? Why do you want to have access to that truly non-standard auto carrier that doesn't even offer more than minimum liability limits? Why do you want to offer that carrier in a standard and preferred agency environment? And it really came down to, well, I just think it's the best thing for those people, for that customer base. And I really feel bad if we're offering something that doesn't necessarily cater to that customer base. And so it really became about people trying to help our customers or really help our prospects. That was the other really challenging conversation of, okay, these aren't our customers yet. These aren't our clients. These are prospective clients. And you're trying to do something that is going to hurt my ability to provide you the correct compensation, to provide you a better work environment, to give you back some sanity. I'm trying to do that for you. You're trying to help this prospect that doesn't even fit who we are because of your own humanity. The right thing to do is usually a lot of times it's hard to do because it changes our behavior and it changes our habit. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. If something stands between you and your success, move it. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.